We are rolling. This is the Carolina line, and the third time is the charm at home for the Panthers. They finally take care of business at the bank in front of home fans. Home sweet home, and we are here for all of it. This is the Carolina line. I'm Kelly Bardick from WCCB Charlotte, joined by two longtime NFL Lineman Kevin Donnelly, 13 years in the league on the offensive line, opposite Al Wallace, 10 years in the NFL on the D line. Yes. The D line. A lot of line talk today because, you know, they were getting it done once again. That's where the games are won. Mm-hmm. One, mm-hmm. you win them or lose them. Um, but right now, we want to win. We want you to win. So just go ahead and do it. Take a minute. Go uh, press pause. Go to Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever podcasts are found or sold. And Give us a five thumbs up, five star mm. review. Subscribe. Uh, let us know what you think. Check it out and tell your friends. No doubt. <laughs> this is the one that you got to listen to. If you're a Panther fan, right, Al? This was beautiful. We dial it down here. We figure out what worked, what didn't work, and we bring it to you each and every week. Yeah, from the big man's perspective, down in the trenches where the ugly guys are, where all the action happens, none of the glory. We don't touch the ball. If we do, something went wrong. <laughs> something went not, very not wrong. Not for us, not for me. Yeah. If I touch it, something good happened. We saw Brian Burns. That's always a good thing when a defensive guy is yeah, and a guy with some speed, Blazing. he took off and was gone. Yeah, he he man, he's just impressive. I'd look, she, we were in that game watching that thing, and we, I mean, we were high fiving from like the forty yard line yeah. in. Man, we he's saw gone. It coming. We saw he's gone. He's <laughs> gone to the house. He just he's special. He's special. He's really putting together a good campaign because you look at his rookie year and what he's been able to produce and just affect games in different ways. Now, of course, we love the sacks, but. Uh, somehow applying pressure, making the quarterback feel pressure to move to other areas that's opened up things for other guys. And then, of course, I mean, getting the, the fumble return there. I mean, that, there's nothing better, especially as an offensive lineman. I'm a fat dude sitting on the bench, and I see our defense score, and I didn't have to lift a finger. Mm-hmm. Field goal team, we run out, do our thing, come back in and rest. Defense, hey, your reward for getting a scoop and score Go stop them again. Yeah, yeah. got to come right back on the field. <laughs> a little I think sip of Gatorade. That's the only downside. Special teams. Yeah. yeah, you got to get to the oxygen mask fast <laughs> on that one because, uh, you know, you're going to be right back out there. It just, you know, it reminded me watching him run down there uh, how jealous I was because I came up short. Uh, during our Super Bowl year, second game of the season, down in Tampa Bay. I'm yes. a Florida guy. My family is in the stands. I get a, uh, an interception. I get an interception off Brad Johnson on a screenplay. Uh, just hits me right in the chest with it. Never saw me step in there. I take it 53 yards. And Michael oh, Pittman, ow. Michael Pittman, running back Michael Pittman, <laughs> tracks me down on the seven-yard line. Oh. I came up Mm-mm. six yards short. Almost had my first NFL touchdown. So to watch, uh, you know, Brian just take off with that. Nobody's in sight. He got mm-hmm. to celebrate that thing going on. A little jealous. He's he has it all, man. He is just fun to watch. Uh, like Kevin said, I mean, you know, everything's not perfect. Uh, he's not going to get three sacks a, a game. But what he does have is a knack for the football. He knows how to get to the quarterback. He's made big plays. We saw him get in there and poke one out at the end. This guy's just special. He is a really special football player, and the Panthers did a great job bringing him in well, Al let me ask you did did we score a touchdown offensively after that I'm gonna say no field goal we only yeah. got a field goal from the oh. six yard Seven, line down yeah. there yeah so that was that made it sting a little bit more just sitting on the sideline see you know we don't have a, a hand a in that but coming game. in short it, really yeah, was. it was and it the Bucks was defense was rolling they were just coming off the Super Bowl Warren yes. Sapp all the boys Brooks, yeah Derek I mean, Brooks yeah. Lynch is in there uh, Barber at the corner yeah, just it was uh, tough. Simeon Rice is a guy mm-hmm. that gets left out of there Booker McFarlane who we you know Don't see on Monday him. night he'll be on Monday night uh, so yeah great great team and we were young pups and we were really trying to kind of match ourselves up to that defense uh best defense historic defense uh at that time 2001 2002 mm-hmm. under gruden so um we that we, that was the beginning of a, a magical ride for us 
Back to Burns, I asked him after the game. I was like, because he was talking about McCaffrey, how every game, every practice, he seems to do something spectacular that he's never seen, pulls it out of the hat, what's next? So I asked him, I'm like, you're kind of the same way. We're watching you um, as a young rookie defensive um, guy. What's next for you? What do you have left? You know, because he seems to block punts, he'll do whatever. And he goes, interception. He just came right. He's like, that's my next thing on the checklist. And I forget that he hasn't had one yet because I feel like every game he's doing some kind of miraculous play that we haven't seen anybody do. Look, it, and I don't doubt that. I think it's on its way. It usually comes off one of those smoke routes where they try to whip it outside to the receiver. And uh, he's so long and so athletic. Uh, the play that he got the sack fumble on at the end, I mean, he kind of gets cut out and gets back to his feet somehow. Like, this guy's just amazing with his athleticism and his range. So an interception is definitely in his, his future Um he just finds a way to make plays, and that's what's special about him. He doesn't know how he does it, but he he's just going after. I saw him before the game. Uh-huh. He was a little worried. You know, he hurt his wrist mm-hmm. last game, and he has this big bulky cast on there. And I've been there before. He's trying to hurt his wrist. Yeah, he's trying to figure out. Uh, well, he actually hurt his wrist pounding it on the ground um, after he did not get all that ball last week on the block punt block punt. so he was a little frustrated okay. he didn't get it all and, and we talked about that he's making plays on defense but special teams he's a huge part of that also i know chase blackburn is really happy to have him in there um so he has this bulky cast on this club and he's trying to figure out how he's gonna do it well it makes it feel a lot better when you can scoop one up <laughs> in the first quarter and take it back just just continue to be impressed with him every every week here i can see the interception coming something like peppers might have pulled with the mm-hmm. with the swat the tip to yourself and then and then take that's it a out. comparable i mean he that's is coming. peppers like obviously not in in body size and right. body type but athleticism and just things uh you know as a former player and I played next to peppers watching what he can do you're amazed like how's that possible that he can do that burns is obviously not that big pep was 290 and doing those types of things so yeah, like just just freaky just freaky yeah I think I you know we talk about our edge guys like you put Mario in there and Christian Miller and Bruce Irvin and uh Chris I say Christian Miller? Yeah, Marquise Brian, Haynes. Marquise Haynes, right? Yeah. So you get this little group together that they have. What I always love is that the play's never dead to them. Um, they're constantly hustling, and there's going to be somebody coming from somewhere to apply even more pressure if the quarterback eludes it at the first. Mm-hmm. So many times in the past, you know, when you know, Russell Wilson gets free and he's kind of sitting there and you got 300-pound linemen trying to track him down, it's like it just feels like all day, yeah. right? And then – but these guys, so you know, two weeks ago with, with Mario in Texas, you know, quarterback never saw it. Deshaun man. never saw it coming, man. I thought he would have jarred that ball loose, too. We talked about it last week. But I love the speed off the edge that these guys have. And then, obviously, the athleticism. Somebody's going to turn in a big play where it's a bad pass, something not caught cleanly, something like that. And they got the skills to take it all the way to the house. Yeah, they, they, they do a good job. It's, you know, you watch them, and they're not winning that first – that first pass rush really gets home. I mean, they do a good job of, of applying pressure, using that speed, but it's the second and third effort we've seen over the last couple of weeks that really, uh, you know, helped them pile up the numbers here. They are tracking down quarterbacks when the play seems dead. And if you're a quarterback, you think you've stepped up and stepped right. through that pocket. These guys are still hunting, man. They, they, they are still hunting. And it's, it's, it is it's absolutely relentless. It's well, relentless, and I feel like it's – to a point where they are competing with each other because somebody's going to make the play. One yeah. of those guys is going to get to that ball, get to that quarterback. And don't like you see it with any good team when some position group or that side of the ball really has things going well and they start to just it's a battle within themselves instead of the opponent. Now, I know they study them, they do what they need to do out there, but they've gotten to such a high level with their execution. You feel like it's fun. It was like 2015. You know, like, the offense was clicking, mm-hmm. the defense was feeding off them. Defense was getting turnovers. Yeah. Uh, I'd love the to see that scoring start. scoring off the turnovers. <laughs> this was a clean game offensively with no turnovers. And yeah. getting the two that we got, you know, finally got a plus two in the turnover margin. You can see it equated to a, a nice win for the Panthers and was needed. I mean, we needed that score to, to win that game. Uh, so the defense really come up big. Yeah, yeah Competing with them themselves reminds me of Luke Keekley and Thomas Davis for a long time because those guys would compete for tackles. Yeah. You have to. Everything. You, you think about – I have four sisters, so I, don't, I didn't compete with them in the same way. We did it in the classroom with grades and who could get the best grades. But I know my own defensive line, man, uh, that was huge to sit in that, that meeting room uh, on Mondays and break down that game and – 
you know, Pep might get two and Ruck's, Ruck has one. I'm trying to keep up. Like yeah. little brother, you know, you want to keep up. And I, I talked to Everett Brown, Coach Everett Brown, who works with those outside rushers before the game. And I said, man, it's, you know, are they, they running out of, you know, are they fighting over these sacks? And he said, absolutely not. They think it's enough to eat for everybody. <laughs> and they love, love it. it. I love so it. Th- that type of mentality to go into the football game, um, and he really said they really have it in their minds that, man, I might get two or three plays this series. I got to make something happen because mm-hmm. I don't know when those next three are going to come. And the next set of guys that are going to roll in, they're going to eat too. So, man, they're hunting. They're like a pack of wolves right now. Oh. And they're they're tasting the blood and they are going after quarterbacks. It has been fun for me, a defensive uh, end, to watch these guys get after it. Well, it was, I mean, it was great performance by the whole team. Mm-hmm. You know, I think let's just dig right in here. We kind of off the bat, we talked about the win at home, <laughs> right? We got the win at home. Hey. We needed to win at home, especially yes. Hall of Huge. Honor Day. Oh, such um, a big day. A lot of memories. Yeah, I guess before day. we get into offense, defense, more specific, you know, Hall of Honor was – the Panthers did a really nice job. Yeah, yeah. they um, really did the blue carpet out there and, and all the pageantry that they had set up. Blue it jackets. was um, very well run and organized and they got everything they wanted to get in at halftime. It's so short for an NFL halftime. It's well not like college. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was, it was. And each of their speeches were fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it was, you know, saying how grateful they were, thankful to so many different people, even, uh, Jordan Gross quoting the, the Avid brothers, brothers and, and getting people in the stands motivated. They love you know? it. They love <laughs> find something you want to do, go be it. You know, right. and I was like, all right, man. I was about to run out of there. Oh, yeah. I was in the press box, um, and I was I was tearing up. Like I get goosebumps now, and people were make everybody was making fun of me. I think I was the only one up there getting teared up because I feel like I covered all these guys except for Wesley Walls, but I know him and I've talked to him a lot, and I was just so emotional, and I thought it was just awesome what what was going on down on the field. Yeah. I was made fun of a lot. Let me just say, I was just—I I didn't I, care. I was filled with pride, you know. Just mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I I had to play with all four of them. Yeah. Al did too, mm-hmm. and we we knew. I mean, they were hardworking and they were just they were humble off the field. It was never big time with them whatsoever, right. and um, they all had their different personalities. But don't mistake that for you know a guy was a me first guy. It was all yeah. about the team. Uh, they were just humble through it all, and, and even through this, have just been so gracious with it that when I look at those names in the stadium up there forever man. Uh, right That's next cool. to Sam Mills and it just it makes me proud like I look up there and I'm like these these guys were ballers man yeah. they helped build this franchise and, and put a lot of wins on the board and, and even the you know Super Bowl run there in 2003 with these guys it was it was special to me as a former guy knowing that you know I got to suit up with these guys mm-hmm. and help them in their career yeah Amen. it's a it's such a a young franchise and when I look up there and we're you know sitting up in the booth and we're looking at the names as they unveil uh, the the four new names next to Sam Mills and I'm thinking man you know my life and where I'm from and the journey to get to the NFL and kind of being out and doing a lot of things in between there where I had a gap and I played with you know, for the greats and was coached by the other guy, Sam Mills, who was up there. So we're in the locker room, every one of those guys at one point all together. And it just speaks to that time, the early 2000s, when we were all part of this thing and the great run we had in 2003, 2004 uh, to make it down in Houston. And, you know, we got to spend a little bit of time with each and and talking to Jake, who was emotional. Mm -hmm. I mean, very emotional. And that's the way he played the game. Mm -hmm. And you knew he would be that way. And he's talking to me. He's looking over at 80 he's like man I couldn't have done it without that guy um and and then I talked to Steve and he's looking at Jake he's like that's my guy man you know so to see that appreciation and then to talk to a guy who was a rookie that Super Bowl season Jordan Gross at right tackle not left tackle um to see how far he's grown, just it's just amazing. It was an amazing day, and to cap it off, I mean goosebumps. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I'm the most emotional guy, but when Steve comes out of his uh, jacket and he pulls out, he's wearing the Super Bowl '89 jersey. Oh, I'm know. on my feet, man. I'm about to lose it because it, if I had a uniform, he, I would have run on the field. I mean, I would have been ready to play uh, for that guy with that guy, block for him on special teams. It was just an amazing day. Great, great. Great opportunity, Mr. Tepper. Great deal that he put on for those four guys. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, I almost ran down, and I didn't even play football. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Beautiful. Was great. I was fired up. Yeah, I don't think I could have played a snap, you know, <laughs> but, uh, like, I would have done it. Yeah. I would have done it. They said, hey, Absolutely. we need you. Left tackle, man. We had two more guys go down. I had a brush of water. One-day contract. Buried. 
<laughs> let's send let's do a lot of those smoke screens and stuff i'll cut the guy yeah. get his arms down yeah. playing tackle sounds about right third and long only for me pass rush situations <laughs> known pass rush yeah i i just need first and ten second and normal third and short tackle for i don't net, want a pass block no thanks no tackling for net for me too big 235 pound running back Forget of course it. i'm only 250 now so i couldn't run block anybody my favorite <laughs> I mean, part was the jersey with smitty yeah. he basically yeah. retired his own jersey and i'm okay with that I'm okay with that. Only it was Steve a dope Smith. Move. Yeah. Only Smith could do that and get That's away right. with it. Yep. He's like, and the next step is nobody else will wear this number. Period. Can so, you imagine somebody else putting that on after that? Yeah. Ceremony over. Because no one guy. else has a personality. For, like Peppers no. would never do that with nope. 90. You it's know? bold. That's really bold. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. Pure Smitty. No. Well, I was proud that my number still being used, 65, Dennis Daly. <laughs> Hey. Offensively, had a really good game. I watched him um, closely on the film and, you know, had only had really one or two poor sets um, and really didn't give up any, you know, a whole lot of pressure and obviously no sacks in the game uh, for him. Came some from different situations. But, I mean, six-round pick, jump, jumping right in there. He had a great camp. I think that's what gave the coaches such mm-hmm. a a good feel for him, that, that they needed to call on him. And there's certainly things he has to correct, but – Overall, um, you know, just tremendous run blocking as noticed by the, you know, 285 yards that the Panthers had. But then just seeing him in pass blocking just, you know, and going against Ngawe, who's a phenomenal rusher. Yeah. I mean, he locked him down a lot. Yeah. Um, he did have a poor run block on a on one of them, and Ngawe got around him and kind of used that reach he has to bring down Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Uh, he got him to quickly. whiff a little bit. He got him to Hey, one out of what do we have, 27 rushes? You'll take it. One out of 27 was, was a negative play. The rest yeah. were pretty dang fantastic. He's a Maryland guy, so I you know, always got to give my Maryland guys love. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe is oh, okay. a, a Maryland guy. I was about to correct you. I thought you were talking about Dennis Daly. No, I, I, know, I know where Daly's yes, from. Yes, that's right. Yeah, he's a game cop. Shoot, and speaking of that, I did the uh, Football 101 on uh, Monday with the Carolina Panthers, and it's um, mostly women because it's geared towards learning the game of football. Love but a ton of, ton of men there, too, that don't have a, you know, would like to know more about mm-hmm. it. But there was a Gamecock fan in there that every time Dennis Daly was got the microphone or had to answer a question, she's just screaming out Gamecocks as loud as she can. Like he there's some wine flowing in this too, right? Yeah, was, that might some, help. Yeah, there was some liquid refreshment flowing pretty hard. She's doing the. I mean, the pride that was coming out of her and De- poor Dennis, he's like just standing there, kind of yeah. looking around. Like, do Help I speak me. over her? Do I tell her to shut up? I don't know what's going yeah, on. He's a rookie. Stop. Yeah, you don't know what you're supposed to do when you're a rookie. <laughs> so he was left there uncomfortably. We tried to get him out of it real quick and yeah. calm her down. But, yeah, she she probably had her share of liquor, brown liquor and Bojangles. Just some what, a tailgating. <laughs> what a combo. And football 101 doesn't yeah. get better than that. Because that, bro- that, that Bojangles next to the stadium down there in Columbia, I think, is the top grossing Bojangles in the world. Mm. Right next to the stadium. Because no. they got all these college kids that are, I go there, and then every game day they have at home. It's just um, got the bow boxes lined up out the door. <laughs> oh, man. The boxes the did a great job, though. He did. The offensive was, uh, line. Yeah. Coach Matsko, right, gets the yeah. game ball. Travell Wharton, uh, another guy we Travell. played with that's there. It, it, you know, I think we all panic. I know I did. I can speak for myself. I panic when that starting five is not in there and you have an all-pro guy like Trey Turner missing. Right. Of course, you put Darrell Williams and plug him in over there. But Dennis Daly is a guy I think I have penciled in at guard. Um, and, and, you know, we don't, we're, I'm not there for every practice, but the confidence this coaching staff had that they can put him at left tackle – um, and he would be okay out there. You know, it, it tells fans they have to trust this coaching staff. They understand these guys way uh, more intimately than we do, and yeah. I thought he did a great job. A 325-pound man, it's a big boy, and uh, he moved bodies, and that's what you love to see. Uh, he's going to get beat. That's part of being a rookie, and they're really good guys out there. Calais Campbell, uh, Josh Allen, uh, you know, first-round draft pick from Kentucky. We talked about Ngakwe. Uh, from Maryland. These guys really get after it. Marcel Darius is another guy that got drafted by the Buffalo Bills a few years back that was traded there. This is a really good defensive line, and for this unit to play as well as they did, not only in the running game, I thought they did a great job in the passing game, too. Um was fantastic to see, and I know Christian McCaffrey is you know, proud of what they've done. Mm-hmm. He's feasting off oh, of yeah. it, and they have to be excited. I know you can probably speak to that when you have a guy that dynamic behind you, man. It must motivate you to get out there you have a guy that's already best. being 
you know, yeah. in the conversation for yeah, say it. MVP, MVP, league yeah, MVP. Yeah, no doubt. Well, MVP CMC. I no, mean, you're no going to keep fighting I mean, for that guy. I've got to play in front of a guy uh, for a long time, Eddie George, yeah. and different guy than Christian McCaffrey. But, um, you know, after contact, was always assured of getting three or four more extra yards because he was so big and so strong. And um, we, we'd go on drives where we'd just feed it to him, just like the Panthers did with Christian. And, you know, you just you ride it as long as you can because some days it's just in order. And, you know, for this offensive line, what really seemed to be working, and I think it was great coaching during the week uh, to prepare them against Jacksonville, was that Jacksonville defensive line and the way they work their blitzes. Just a lot of different looks and bodies moving around. Some are standing up. Some have are in the stands. They're moving in. They're bringing blitzers from the outside real late. They dialed up this this game plan where they ran the zone play a whole lot. And what that does is with zone, everybody's kind of has an area, and whatever comes to your area, you're responsible for, uh, you block that guy. And if there's a guy in that area and no one's on, you know. Say the guard right next to you, you're the tackle, you have a guy on you, that guard's going to come and help you out tracking that backer. You know, if he comes to your gap, you'll take him. If he goes over the top, that guy can transition off and you can take over the, the lineman's, um, your right tackle's guy. So, what happens in this, I think it simplifies the plan. They can come out and fire off as long as they take really good steps yeah. and don't allow penetration, which they didn't. Um, there was a body on the body most of the time, and so that gave Christian these opportunities. And I mean, they. Uh, so this is the inside zone running play. Right. That seemed to work over and over and over again. Yeah. So, you know, zone kind of covers a lot of different things, but you can have in zone, inside zone or outside zone. So, okay. outside zone, the target is really thinking an outside run. If you have to cut it back, it may be over the like tackle area, tight end area to that play side. So, he's going to stretch it as far as he can towards the sideline. If nothing really opens up and those guys keep going wide, 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 mm -hmm. there's got to be a gap underneath. Right. And, you know, picture in your mind Terrell Davis. Mm -hmm. They ran the outside, outside zone better than anybody that, that I've seen in a long time where he was patient, he'd go out there, make a cut, and just go for it. With this inside zone or kind of a mid zone is what uh, Greg Van Roten called it, um, they can cut to the front side of this play where they're kind of, you know, they probably have a landmark or right around the guard area, but then they're free to cut it back to the backside guard area if they need to. So if these guys are all playing way over like he's going to be an outside run, he can cut it back backside. And we saw that a lot. Um, even when Bonifant got in there, had a couple that cut back nicely that didn't stay front side. They cut it back immediately because that's where the gap was and just had a fantastic day running the ball. I mean, 285 yards total, two touchdown runs, 159 by Bonifant, the other one 84 by Christian. Yeah. So, man, you know, they had the game plan in order. They executed it really, really well. And thankfully they did because they needed to control that game in some aspect of it. And Kyle Allen, we'll get to that in a minute, was um, not quite as, as good as he's been, especially comparing to the Arizona game, but yeah. the run game came through. Yeah, the run game was just, just it was devastating uh, from a, a defensive end. Um, when you look at either the guy at the point, so where the, that ball's going, if it's an outside zone uh, to the left, I'm that left defensive end. You know, to try to contain that thing, those linemen, whether it's a tight end or that offensive tackle or that reach block, you, you have to maintain your gap. So you have to be sound in that and be strong at the point. You want to turn that outside zone back to your uh, linebackers and defensive tackles. So it's it's hard. You're you're on the run. Now, if you're the backside guy, that's the worst position to be in because you have to think about boot. The Panthers continue to use Curtis Samuel on that jet motion, mm -hmm. which holds the linebacker. It's going to hold that defensive end in case the quarterback keeps it. Uh, so it creates that natural gap between that backside cutoff block, which is usually Greg Olsen coming in or a receiver coming in and motioning and just, just trying to rub that defensive end, make him go around that body and creating that little seam. You saw Christian McCaffrey and Reggie Bonifant. Once they hit that, they're gone. You cannot recover if you're the backside uh, defensive end. So um, it, puts it, it puts you in a real tight, tight position where you don't know if you need to squeeze that thing they're going to pull it they're going to hand it off to McCaff or uh, Curtis Samuel or you need to stay at home and, and contain that backside for the bootleg and the reverse and then you've created a gap so I remember my time playing uh, I was just telling this story to somebody probably during the game that I can remember playing against uh, the Broncos up in Denver in mile high first of all couldn't breathe because of the altitude and then they're running Terrell Davis over and over. And we wore shin guards, soccer shin guards out there. Why? Because they would oh, cut get, blocks. Yeah, they would yeah. Get, get you going. You would be running to try to maintain that gap. And then they would all <laughs> drop. 
Schlereff, all those guys, they would go to the ground, chop you down, and Terrell Davis would hit. He's in the Hall of Fame off that one play. It's that Mike Shanahan stretch, and they're going to come back with the bootleg action off of that. So it's just classic kind of West Coast stretch, that zone. And, man, they would – yeah, they would chop There's you nothing down. nothing like – some coaches teach this. I like it. You know, when you're starting to lose your block or you feel you can't mm-hmm. keep up with someone that's at least like more athletic than you are, that's why you're playing defensive line. Mm-hmm. Just get low, take out the knees, become a lawnmower. You know, just let blades be spinning, arms and legs spinning all over the place. Just, just so you drop can, and roll. Man. Yeah. We hate it because, I mean, you, it's your knees, right? right? You always want to be protective of your legs. So any thought of a guy going down, chopping, doing that, I mean, we're we'll just get up and play the next play. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not going to be a hero. You have to be Brian Burns, Julius Peppers athletic to, to kind of, so you're just going to go down. Yeah. I'm down. And we practice it all week. We would, you know, uh, that first team would get out there myself and Kemp Rens, Musin. We would, we would pretend to be those guys. We would take off running and try to chop them out. And you're supposed to get your hands down, kick your feet back so that they couldn't get to your thigh board, to your legs and your knees uh, to get you down. But it was it's extremely difficult. And if you can get an athletic offensive line like the Panthers had yesterday, get guys running and allow McCaffrey the vision and the ability to cut back. I mean, he sees it. He's six, seven yards deep. When he when he sees it, he has I – mean, he can go from zero to 60 quickly, and you saw that 84 yards later, which is a beautiful right. thing. Right, you saw Great he, he – just our photographer, Track. WCCB, he was in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Um, facing the play and you kind of lose McCaffrey seeing and then all of a sudden boom there he is and here he comes and he's not stopping no. it's just amazing what what he's doing we have we are t- 26 minutes into this right now <laughs> haven't even really touched on the amazingness that keeps growing and getting higher that didn't even make sense but you know what I'm talking about yeah. because his play doesn't even make sense right now it's so good it's sick it really is. He's just taking it to another level, and I think the experience that he has now that he's been able to be with the offensive line, this group, the timing of it, kind of knowing his reads better, who um, is, is a really good mover of flesh up there, like who can really block a guy and get some movement there, who's somebody that might not be as physical but can cut off a guy. Little things like that you just learn and you put in your brain, and he's able to process that, that very quickly. And you can yeah. see as the game goes on, um, you know, you mentioned – the backside end, how difficult it is mm-hmm. on those zone plays. You know, a lot of times that guy's crashing down, trying to blow the thing up. You got someone coming to the backside to kind of set the edge there and give a, a nice cutoff point. But I saw that the big long run to Christian McCaffrey was so beautiful to me. Was you know, offensive lines all moving to the right, I believe, all moving left. Was it all moving left? Yeah, left, left. And then Taylor Moten, his guy kind of slow played it. So instead of just keep going down to try and find somebody to block, he turns and gets on the defensive end. wasn't a killer block, but it was enough of a body and a shield there that that really opened up the whole gateway for for Christian McCaffrey to take it to the house. Yeah. It was that one key block. And then Jerry's right also. Those receivers, they really get on the second level, guys. Cut off the safety there so he can't get in there. And, and that action goes away. It's, it's pressing so hard play side that you have no chance to catch Christian McCaffrey to try to slam on brakes and get back over there. So just great job by North Turner and Scott Turner and the, the offensive guys to dial that up. And, and we talked about uh, Matsko and, and Travell Wharton, you know, with that offense offensive line and things they've done to kind of patch it up while guys are out. Um, it was a beautiful display. Just teach tape on how to block that zone play. Yeah, and I liked, you know, pass protection was pretty solid day. They did give up three sacks. Um, two of them I will credit. You know, when I'm watching it, breaking it down, I'd give that to the offensive line. Mm-hmm. I thought um, Moten and Williams got a little bit – they got beat on a twist. It was a really well-run twist. The pressure came late and got a sack on yeah. that one. Uh, and then one of them, Kyle Allen, tried to scramble and go up the middle, was tackled just short of the line, uh, the original line of scrimmage. So that's credited Still as a sack. sack. Yep. And, you know, to me, the, <laughs> the, clo- the closest pressure <laughs> came from, from left guard. I think um, Greg Van Roten, uh, the guy just jetted upfield. So it kind of, I think, made Kyle feel a little freaked out back there in the pocket, so he moved up. Uh, the last sack that was the fumble, really – I think it was the execution of the play because they tried to go play action on that and do the play action fake with the zone Mm -hmm. running concept and throw off of it. And those guys were pinching down really hard on the backside. And as Greg Olson's trying to come back and be that guy to seal that last guy, um, Christian in the handoff for the fake, looked like he bowed up a little bit in there. 
Olsen kind of had to bend where his track was, made him a split second slow to that area, and that's why you've got that free hit on Kyle Allen. So it's it's not all O-line. It's it's so many different pieces and parts, and it's not all on Olsen because he, he didn't have that clear track he's used to. And, you know, I guess when you run a guy like we did Christian McCaffrey, if he has one little mistaken footwork, if that's what the problem was, you just forgive it because like, oh everything gosh, else, the body of work what? is so amazing. <laughs> he is human after all. Um, but – Back to Christian after the game. The first thing he did, of course, was thank his offensive line. Basically pointed out every single name on that line that was in the game and just things that they did that, that opened up holes for him. So it's just really neat to see that whole group working together. Yeah, and it's it's needed. You know, when you got a backup quarterback in there, let's make no mistake about it, it's not Cam Newton. He's just a different type of player when he's healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so whatever, you know, the other ten guys really stepping up to, to do whatever they do to contribute and I think it started early with getting Curtis Samuels some runs and Mm -hmm. threatening the outside and making them think those things are coming Mm -hmm. it kind of unclogs the middle a little bit more and as much as you can with those eight-man boxes they kept putting guys down there to stop it but um, you can't block everyone you're just trying to find the most dangerous ones get a body on them and the Panthers did that I mean they ran against some eight-man fronts that I couldn't believe they're getting yardage on yeah they did a great job and you know just Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, uh, Jarius Wright, we talked about a little bit. Those guys do such a great job in just route running and being where they're supposed to be. When they don't have the ball. When they don't have the ball and, and blocking and blocking. If you find explosive runs in the NFL, there's some receivers in the mix getting downfield and kind of holding up those defensive backs for a half a second, allowing uh, Christian to kind of go off and, and take off. But Curtis Samuel, you have to – you have to respect it. You have to respect the jet sweep. And we saw it early in the game where he takes off. Now that run opens up. So that's part of the chess match that goes in the game plan. Yeah. And you set that up. And then for the rest of the game, you keep coming back to it. The first time that they don't respect him, they're going to give it to him. He's going to be off. Nobody on that field is love catching it. that guy when he, when he has the ball in open field. Method to the madness. Yes. I love it. I love it. The flip was incredible. Just beautiful, man. I think this was if one I of the most. in a game, I would break my back. Like or ankle or something. Yeah, I yeah. flipped like out of it. I mean, out of a game in your grass at home. I think I would break something. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't imagine. No I would have that gear on with bodies coming at me. Yeah, I would die. I would be dead. My body's not made for a few things. Uh, flipping is not one of See, them. See, if you picture me doing the move that McCaffrey did, trying to jump over the guy, That'd like be awesome. I would have got it, Kevin. six inches off the ground and would have been <laughs> impaled by a helmet. You know what I mean? Like right in the chest. Yeah, uh, knock the hell out. Right, right in the waist. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have made it. Just get hit in the gut and just melt to the <laughs> ground. <laughs> Thud to the ground. Fail. What are you thinking? I don't yeah, know, man. Huge fail. We did finally see uh, McCaffrey have to come out of the game for a couple of snaps. Um, oh, yeah. Cramped up at the end, which, you know, is, is understandable. But I thought it's such a cool story that Reggie Bonfin went in there. This guy on the practice squad last year had to fight to make the roster this year. He works hard. He's a hard worker. Everybody was on their feet, well, on their feet, um, you know, cheering mm-hmm. on the sideline. Um, all the guys loved it, and it was so fun to see him get that touchdown. Yeah, so many so many role players, so many backups. Uh, I mean, we talked about Daly. Reggie Bonifon's another guy mm-hmm. that goes in there. He waits his turn. Great story. I'm an undrafted guy. You mm-hmm. wait your opportunity. Feels like your whole career. I was on the practice squad. So is he. And to go in there and to take, uh, you know, some early handoffs when he got an opportunity, when Christian McCaffrey's out, and just take it to the house, man. It's, it's a feel-good story. He's the kind of guy that fans, uh, former players, we all relate to that's just going to grind it out. It's going to do everything. We forget that Bonifon was a quarterback, and then here mm-hmm. comes Lamar Louisville. Jackson. Yeah, Louisville. And then he's he goes to receiver. Let me see if I can do that. Well, I'll play running back. And he came here kind of with that late with that label. And I know Marty Herney, um, you know, gives credit to his staff for finding him because he could do all those things. He was so versatile that they decided to take a chance on him. And boy, has it paid off. And he's the backup to a stud like Christian McCaffrey, and he's able to go in there when his number is called, when his opportunity is in front of him, and just hit a home run. That guy, he was amazing also. All of a sudden, you said it kind of reminds me of a Joe Webb a little bit, kind of a jack-of-all-trades. Not really the same skill set, but I've never seen you know, Joe Webb like, be a running back. 
Mm-hmm. But you know, just one of those Special guys teams, that can do he whatever you all. need. Whatever you need. Um, the more you can do, that's the old football saying, yeah. the more you can do, you'll be on the field, you'll make that team. So you volunteer for any and everything. And uh, I talked about him early during the preseason when he was performing mm-hmm. well that, you know, I stood there on the sidelines. He was one of the first guys out there. He's always catching passes from the quarterbacks. He's running routes for them. He did everything, and he was on the practice squad. He knew he wasn't going to play, but a guy who's always trying to get better. I know his teammates really appreciate his effort. Yeah, McCaffrey afterwards was really proud of him. You could see him on the sideline. Um, he could First kind of guy to greet up him, and he yeah. First guy there. But, yeah, just that smile. Like, he was so proud. Like, that was his kid brother or something. I don't know. You know, something like that. But it was, it was, it was cool. really I neat. Mean, I mean, Christian averaged 9-3 a carry. And then you put in Bonifant, and he comes out there and just rolls with 16 yards 16. a carry. 16. Man. <laughs> five five runs for 80 yards. I know he, he had the, the, the big with, chunk what, game. Four yards? Yeah, it was, <laughs> two carries maybe total. Yeah, I think it was four all season. Four yeah. all season. Yeah. Love and it. it. No, and then you, when I, you know, you do if you do take out Christian's run of eighty four yards, he still averaged five one a carry, yeah. which is phenomenal in the NFL. That's so, big time. Um, but it's cool to know that Bonifant was able to fill in like that. It's it's what you need, and you want your guys back as soon as they can. You don't want season ending injuries, but when someone needs a rest in a game or needs to be out of a game, to have guys like Dennis Daly. Um, Bonifan Butler on the defensive side. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, then let's talk about um, Cockrell a little bit. You know, a little bit rougher game for him yesterday uh, after that after the Texans game when he performs just outstanding. And that's gonna you know we mentioned that it happens mm-hmm. in the NFL, but still for a guy going out there and trying to match up against I mean one of the good young receivers in this league. A lot of people don't know about him because he's. In Jacksonville, and it's yeah. just not part of the daily news cycle that people take in notes from. You know, they're checking in with Dallas and Steelers and big name teams, but this guy, Browns, um, Chark, DJ Chark, yeah, <laughs> no, Chark, he's it, the real deal now. He's good. He had an outstanding game. Well, he's one of the fastest guys in the draft a couple of years ago when ja- uh, Jacksonville picked him up. Another LSU guy was just. Just blazing fast, and uh, he's really developed. And uh, they created some matchup problems. They kind of got him isolated, man the man uh, a few times on Ross Cockrell, and uh, he's a big physical receiver. And and you know we're going to see that from Cockrell. And no one's perfect. It's that life of a defensive back, man. You better have a short memory. You exactly. just have to pack it away and move on to the next play, line up, keep moving, because you're going to get beat. Those guys are really, really good. And, uh, you know, Chark just – he had a great connection there with Gardner Minshew, and they kept going to it. And he had a huge day, uh, 11 catches, 176 or so yards. Uh, that's a big-time performance from him. They did a great job. I, I was a little bit disappointed with the 507 total yards this defense gave up. Now, did they step up and make plays when, when, they, when they needed, needed it? Yes. Absolutely. But they will not be happy with uh, that type of performance, especially when they have Chris Godwin and, and Mike Evans, those guys again coming up here from Tampa Bay over in London this weekend. So they have to tighten that up. Um, I know one thing that will help, get Dante Jackson back out there. And that's not an indictment on Cockrell. I think they'll need him. He's been in there at the nickel. He's been producing this entire season. But you can't replace the talent, the speed, and the moxie that a guy like Dante Jackson brings to this football team. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And that's, you know, you, you you want guys that can fill in like that. But sometimes when it's an extended period of time, that's when you start to realize how important the starters are. Mm-hmm. And that's why they're the starters. You yeah. Know, they've been drafted for that position. They have the talent for that position. They've been coached to that position. Um, so you always want those guys back in there. But, you know, was, the yardage was bought. You know, it, that fi- that's 500, man. That's a lot. 500. Half a grand they put on you. Uh, it, it hurts. But the turnovers that they forced – um, you know, I love an eight-sack day like they had in Arizona or right. six against the Texans. But when you have two that force turnovers, um, I don't know. I, I might take a two-sack, two-turnover day over a, a five-sack game. Force turnovers at, at killer times. Yeah. yeah, sacks mean a lot. I mean, obviously you want sacks. Uh, the defensive end, the pass rushers, the guys on defense, they want the sack. But if you start rating things in priority, getting the ball back, those turnovers are, you know, they, they're way more important, mm-hmm. um, especially in the football game like we saw yesterday, where it's blow for blow. Gardner Minshew, that offense, I mean, you know, it was tight until the very last second there. Um, so you just you have to keep plugging away. I'll take those sacks um, if they come with fumbles over a six or an eight sack day uh, anytime. So they did a great job. And Mario Addison, man, what <laughs> – I mean, it, he's, it, he's tell, just tell about that one rep. 
<laughs> I mean, he takes My gosh. Andrew Norwell, who is a, just former a beast. Panther. Former Panther. 320. Grown man, all pro, Big got boy. paid. Well, he needed a couple of those bucks in his back pocket <laughs> because Mario Addison just, he comes inside, uh, just dives inside on an inside move, and he just, he just bull rushes him completely. Just in the lap of the quarterback, and that's what causes the ball to come back, come out. Nobody touches Gardner Minshew on that that first fumble. So just, just manhandles one of the premier uh, guards in in the entire NFL. Just an all pro guy. So he just continues to get better. Still underrated. No one's gonna put him at the top of anybody's list. Another undrafted guy yeah. bounced around a bunch of times, and what he does is goes out there and consistently produces sacks. And I know one of his goals was ten. To get to 10, that double-digit number that we all like, man, he is trending well he past is. that. I think he's oh, going to yeah. eclipse his 11-sack um, total, his high, season high that he had a couple years ago when he tied Julius Peppers. Well, he's I, well on the way. I think you feel like sacks come to him. Yeah. You know, he, or he's, you know, that he makes it look easy. And yeah. that's, that's true. You know, it does he, look he's like doing that. his job. Yeah. Right. He's doing his job. Sometimes you're, you're right. That rush doesn't get home. Right and place. I saw the thing, same thing with Burns. They get stoned and they slam on the brakes. And then those, those quarterbacks find their way. Mm-hmm. And that's a, you know, the, I know, I know when you face a quarterback like that, and we did it with Michael Vick and, uh, you know, some of those guys, you want to rush the quarterback depth. So you want to get up there and not run over the top because that creates that alley for him to escape. So they stop once they get the quarterback depth, and then they kind of they kind of hang out, they kind of hand fight, chicken fight up there with the offensive tackles, and then those quarterbacks come right back home. They come right back where you need it. Those are the best. They're they're doing a great job. This is a a really good defensive line. I thought Jared McCoy had his best day as a mm-hmm. Carolina Panther. He was disruptive. He was uh, productive. He was in on a, a number of stops, and they keep rolling guys in. Man, they're probably eight deep with guys they feel really comfortable with getting in there. There uh, and rolling in and getting reps. I watched them change the entire defensive line, which tells you about the depth they feel like they have there. They bring in four new bodies, and that, that's just great to have. That's a great thing. You'll keep fresh legs, and you'll need them when it gets down the season when you're chasing these quarterbacks all around. Well, you you talked about that Mario sack and, and the bull rush, and mm. like that happened to me once in my career <laughs> where my back basically sacked the quarterback. <sighs> I've mentioned this story before. I probably told it to Al, but we were playing Tampa Bay, um, and uh, Warren Sapp goes out of the game because he needs a break. So they bring in a guy. I have no idea who he is. Mm-hmm. Hadn't seen him on film. Hadn't gotten any reps. If he has, it was in the preseason. I didn't look at it. So I guess shame on me for not like doing more homework on it. But to me, I'm like, dude, this is, this is a jag out here. He's just a guy. Just a guy. He's going to be a fish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, <laughs> that's the fish. That's the dude. Guy. He put both hands in my chest so fast and just—I think he was panicked. He maybe just being the first time him. getting out. He just went back to instincts and just bull rushed me. Uh, next thing I know, I'm hitting Jake. Jake's yeah. on the ground. Like, what in the hell just happened? I'm looking around, and same thing happened to Stussy. Stussy thought he gave up the sack, but it was—it was really me. That must have been a hell of a bull rush, man. <laughs> it it was—it was bad. It was bad, and it. Speaking on the offensive lineman part, it's there's no worse feeling when suddenly you feel like he's got all the leverage and he's pushing yeah. you back, and you you try to anchor as much as you can, and you're putting all the weight of that guy in your lower spine, like you're just like, please hold up, just slow it down, because I've always said it's better to die the slow death of the bull rush, <laughs> mm-hmm. always better to die the slow death, because at least you give your quarterback a chance uh, when you get beat super quick and that guy's right in his face, you know, you feel awful, but man. It, you're going backwards. You're just I, – I, I could see it in Norwell. I was straining so hard to try to get lower, and it's just not happening. Just on skates, man. He's just, <laughs> just digging a groove with his cleats in that grass, just digging up turf, man. Well, just, he went for a ride. Just knowing him, like, I felt bad for him for a second, and then I was like, mm. not really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We needed that play. We needed it in the worst way. Norwell got paid. He'll be all right. (laughs) He's just fine. Yeah. This this unit is just – they're performing well. This defense has has been really big for this football team. And uh, Keekly and Shaq, they're doing a great job. They're making tackles. Shaq's still on a tear. Nine tackles this game. Didn't get the double digits uh, this week, but he's everywhere. He's he's doing a great job of of blitzing when they call him to. And I saw him a bunch of times on those things. And – I mean, Luke Keekley's just, I 
mean, he is Luke. he's just Superman, man. Yeah. It's unbelievable. You watch him out there making his calls, making his checks. He knows exactly where these plays are going. He's slapping the D line on the butt. He's getting them lined up in the right spot. He's telling Shaq where to be. He's looking over his shoulder to the safety. He's like, man, he's getting he's directing traffic out there. So it's amazing. Another guy we, you know, get to watch. I think he's gonna be one of the all time greats. And we get to watch him live in person. Uh go about his job, do it uh, with the way he's he's doing it every week. He's just a just a beast. Doing it the right way. Now it comes down to that last play of the game. You know, it's is Unbelievable. this game ever going to end? They give the Jags <laughs> another chance. Penalty, give the Jags another chance. Finally. It comes to Luke Keekley and he just bats it down. Could have easily intercepted that football. Yeah. That wasn't even in his mind. I feel like it was it was game over. I'm taking the ball. We're going home. I'm done said, with this. I'm done I, with you. I wanted to go home. We're <laughs> done here. Boys, let's the, go, boys. That's the quarter of the year, and it could only come from Luke Keekley. If you I know just wanted who to he go is, home. The man was just tired of that game. It was over. <laughs> it had gone back and forth. You know, kind of got in a position where, I mean, you weren't out of this game. I mean, right. it was still on the line. And he just knocks it down with an attitude. And then he gets, you know, cameras in his face. Why did you do that? Why didn't you catch it, man? I just wanted to go home. That's it's like an all-time home. classic. It's Not like your 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 kid. I don't know. I got a bunch of kids. You got a yes. bunch of kids, and they're all acting up or whatever, and they're not doing things right. I felt like the defense was just screwing around with these penalties and some things yep. going on to give them these all these extra chances. That finally Luke stood up like a parent out there. He's, He's like, like "I'm done, home. you guys. I'm done with you, insolent kids. Yeah. All you out there. I'm, I'm th- this game's over. It's all over. right. We're not I'll giving them another play. You won't do it. I'll do it. I'm knock this down. <laughs> it's going to be over, and then we all go to the locker room. We get iced down. Get ready for the trip to London. Yeah. <laughs> and break drops the mic let's go we asked him after the game, why didn't you try to intercept it he's like that's just you know that's just the play to make you know eric reed did it the week before yeah. in the end zone on the hell i think it was the week before in the hail mary um was it the week yeah before? i think okay. so against yeah. the texans yeah yeah yeah, yeah. sean Watson. Like that's you know he said that he, of course luke gives eric reed credit for setting a great example when luke we you don't have to do that we know you're a pretty good player too you know but what eric I mean? went for that interception that on yeah, the penalty was on the play yeah yeah, yeah he did Oh well, look. Those it all works out in the end. Those DBs make their money by interceptions. It's a little different. Nobody's judging Luca on how many interceptions. (laughs) It's about tackles for him. Mm -hmm. So if you're a DB, I I said it. You know, before the show, that ball's coming to me as a defensive lineman. I wish I would bat it down. I'm gonna get it. I'll be running around like a crazy person. (laughs) I'll probably fumble and give Gardner Minshew back the ball. Like. Intercepting that ball and you're trying to take it back to the yeah, house, and right? hopefully not get caught on the <laughs> seven yards. <laughs> if, if I was running free and clear with that, like it was Brian Burns picking it up, like after about ten yards, knowing that they're going to catch me any second, I'm a big fat lineman. There's yeah. no way I'm getting where Like I'd almost turn around and be like, "All right, come on, like who wants some of this?" And just try yeah. to hit somebody and then keep going a little bit further. Like that's the worst thing. Turn my back to him, let him trip my legs up. Like at least fight me fair. It does not feel good. As soon as I see him coming, I turn around, jack him up. Let's go. Like you want fine? You want some? Put some on my forearm, right on their right on their chin. Yeah, take some of that. Take some of that. That should be our motto for the Carolina line, man. We because anyone chasing me down would be like quick defensive players, right? So, you know, if there's some big 330-pound Chalupa nose guard, he's not running me down. No. So I can run it's away It's going to be a them. little DB. They're going to try to punch it out. They're not going to try to take you I down. I got a story. Listen, they're not going to know you're turning speed. around. So all you do is turn around. They run right into your forearm, right? <laughs> just bend <laughs> over bad. and flip them and then just keep running. Yes, body flip. slam them. I, I'll say this. I was on my 13th season. We just drafted Jordan Gross, and we did off-season 40s with Jerry Simmons, the old yeah. strength coach. Oh, Jerry. I posted a better time than Jordan Gross. Mm. I did. I feel proud of it. I did, man. I was like 35 years old. What happened was I wear a size 16. I borrowed someone's cleats, so I'd have like track cleats on Mm -hmm. when I ran. They were like size 14. And my feet were just, I mean, they were just so bound. They were tight, whatever. I just (laughs) needed them for 5.1 seconds. That's what it was. It wasn't a stellar time, but it beat Jordan Gross. I was so thrilled. Number one pick, eighth pick, all the pedigree. Amazing player, went on to be a great player, pro bowler, oh, all yeah. pro. Got Hall of Honor member. Never beat me in the 40. You got that on him. Boom. Yep. As soon as Take he starts gross. wearing his blue jacket around, talking about his name in the stadium, he's, yeah, spring probably, up the 40. He just, he's like, I don't, why do I have to run anywhere? And, you know, I got 50 mil in the bank. Yeah. There you go. Tackles <laughs> got paid. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> End of the story. Point made. 
another uh, mic drop. Yeah. What? I wish he was here, though. I didn't, he goes back to Boise, man. Yeah. Not in Idaho. It's too far away. I want him around more. Yeah. It was great seeing those guys. I talked to Chris Mangum, and, and of course, all those guys are around. They brought back so many of the former players. Uh, Kerry Collins, all those guys, just to to be with them as they celebrated this weekend. So it's it's always good. It brings, you know, we always get asked, "What do we miss? Do you miss the game?" And we always talk about it. Nah, I don't want to take on those big guys. I, what I do miss and enjoy still being around Kevin and being around the guys, working with, working with Charlotte and the young guys is. You just miss that locker room, man. You miss the jokes. You miss the stories. And you make them every day. That's the beauty of football. You really do make it. There's another story every day. There's so many jokesters and tricksters in the locker room. Those trips, those plane rides, man, they, it is so fun. So it was great seeing everybody. Can you guys tell me maybe your best Smitty story or just a Smitty story that's not very well known? I mean, I don't know if I have a great one. I just have – uh, what we I think we all know about him that he can he's a sour patch kid right he can be salty <laughs> and he can be sweet so that that's that my deal perfect. Uh, is. he is, is a sour patch kid so I you know Some we we would all get in I would get in pretty early we had I think 720 special teams meeting so you get in try to get breakfast maybe hot tub loosen up a little bit it would be a couple mornings where you would see him you'd be like you know what's up Steve what's up man how's the family and you might see him later on that day and what's up man you know how you feeling? And maybe the next day, and and he would literally burn a hole through your eyes. He would want to rip your head off, and you cannot figure out what's going on with the guy. So that that's just who Steve was to me, and I watch him now, and he's, you know, just kinder. Just gentler Steve Smith out there on the field. Oh, uh, but those days, yeah, still he, it's still in there. He's no, a scary dude. Definitely. You turn on the TV, he's scaring his co-hosts out there on those shows. But <laughs> Michael Irvin, any you part know, of them. Everybody who's, who's ever asked me about Steve Smith, I said, do you like Sour Patch Kids? That's Steve Smith. He's going to be sweet, but he can be sour if he needs to be. And that's just that. exactly what I, I saw. so true. I loved it when – Michael Irvin was talking about his suit on one of those broadcasts, and and he's like, "Man, my wife picked this out for me." Yeah, and he, it flipped all of a sudden. Like wait, things wait. got real. Michael Irvin was talking about Smitty. Steve. Just doing what yeah. we do in the locker room, just just oh, joking around. And so he's like, "That's a straight face." Around. Yeah, my wife it was over. Me. Yeah, and then all of a sudden things changed. He was yeah. like, "Yeah, next time you're in L.A., let's hook up. Let's I'm going to see you." And yep. He, like I don't. Like he had to do some backtrack. He was like, "Whoa, whoa!" You know, he publicly <laughs> apologized on air. Michael Irvin did to Steve because he knew that he's serious. I, mean, I was serious. I was three ten, and I didn't. I was a big, strong him. dude. That was one. I, I'd fight Buckner in a second. I'd fight Peppers. I'd fight Al. Yep. Steve, man, like. Mm-mm. You'll have to fight him forever. That's a I mean, yeah, it's exactly right. He's going to fight you every day. It's, a, it's yeah. a fight for life. Yeah, it's a fight for life. You don't <laughs> oh want to get gosh. on his bad side. One of my, one of my favorite was he, he had a really nice kickoff return. We are going against Tampa Bay. It was a game we won at home in 2003. It, it got a little closer than it needed to be um, with some turnovers that we had in that game. But we, we had that game won. But I remember early in that game, a really good turnover. He returns it close to the Tampa Bay sideline. And he starts jawing with Warren Sapp, who's coming on the field to take the field. And I basically had to jerk a nod in the back of his uh, shoulder pads and tell him to get off the field and stop yeah. talking to him. Uh, I was much more firm and probably used more some salty colorful. language. Yeah. But <laughs> I didn't need him fired up. You know, I'm a guy I just want to keep Warren Sapp under. You just want to contain yeah, him. Yeah, because you're yeah. the one that has to go I'm up the one that's got to play him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like if I had gone out there against, you know, Lynch or whoever's mm-hmm. covering Barber, you know, yeah. out there covering him. And just started talking smack about him, making and a long his wife's ugly, and I hate your kids and all that. Like it's going to fire him up, but I don't have to deal with him. That's Smitty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course, Smitty probably would have taken care of it, no problem. But I had, I was, I just, I remember being visibly mad. Like, okay, you did a great play. Now get your butt off the field. I, I got to go block this guy. Yeah. Funny you think Sour Patch Kid, because as a reporter covering the team when Smitty was playing, you never knew after practice or after if he was going to talk. He's going to talk after practice. He's going to talk on Wednesday, or is he going to wait till Thursday? So you just kind of linger around his uh, locker, just so you can get in there. And, and there's a mob of media, right? Yeah. Um, so he looked at me one day, and he's like, "I know what you're doing." I was like, "What? What, Kelly? I know what you're doing." I was like, oh, "You know, it's my name." I was like, "What do you mean?" So he goes, I know what you guys do. You linger around. I was like, well, Steve, we never know wh- which Steve we're going to get. And I yeah. said that. Yeah. And I thought he was going to like 
come back at me, but he was the nicest guy. He's like, you know, I'm really an introvert. He started talking about growing up and stuff. I'm like, mm-hmm. first of all, who is this? This was the sweet side of the Sour Patch Kid. But then there's other days in the locker room where, uh, you know, it's time. You get 45 minutes in there after practice. And then he had an air horn. He'll do it right. Oh, he would do that. I remember that. To make sure it's time to go. Yeah. I mean, he would make. I would he jump would absolutely every time. do that. Yeah. yeah. It was funny. You know, I, I think if you want to know who Steve Smith is, obviously we all know the fierce competitor mm-hmm. on the field. If you anybody ever has an opportunity uh, to see him with his family uh, outside of the football mm-hmm. field. Um, just a loyal, fierce family man, loves his kids. And they, you know, his three kids, uh, you know, three of his kids are there. And just to watch him with his family, you'll you'll understand how passionate he is. He has that same passion and, uh, you know, uh, that he has on the field for for his family. So he's just a a good dude, man, a funny dude. And and that kind of personality is funny to us. So, you you know, you, you get to watch him go out there. And he needed that, man. I think he probably wrote down that he was too small and you know third round pick and he was disrespected that's the chip he wore for all those years in the nfl and then what fueled him when he went to baltimore is that they used to cut me man they cut me and nobody called me wasn't personal and gettleman he carried that around and you saw that drop and being welcomed back into bank of america stadium that was a huge that was the biggest part you know he said he he didn't know if he was going to come back ever you know and it was so it's just awesome Awesome to see. I got, um, you reminded because he and I coached some soccer together when our boys were younger. Mm-hmm. And then I may remember when, when our boys were both probably five years old, they had come to maybe Fan Fest. And so I grabbed him out of the stands and he grabbed Petey, his, his oldest mm-hmm. son, out of the stands. And um, so we're walking in the locker room and my two, my boy and his boy knew each other real well. So they're roughhousing and whatever. Well, then we get to the locker room and they start kind of roughhousing a little bit more. Whole locker room gathered around. And watch the. It was like Gladiator. Like the, they're Super going boys. at it, man. And I just little stood Smitty there. And oh. Little Donnelly. Yeah. And so I'm, Gosh. I'm holding back. I'm like, like I, I kind of want to keep this going. I don't want to break it up, but I want my boy to get his butt kicked. But no, yeah. he's, he's hanging in there pretty good, you know. And but Smitty's boy, you know, it's Smitty's boy. You yeah. Know, he's hanging <laughs> in there. So it went on for a while, and they kind of each of them flipped each other one time, whatever. Everybody's like, whoa, oh, it's going God. crazy, and it's fueling the whole thing, and. So anyway, oh the whole thing gosh. gets done. No, it, neither kids heard or whatever. It was all laughs and giggles afterwards and everything. And I remember telling my wife, and she's she like, she wouldn't even let me finish the story. She's like, Hold, wait, ba- back yeah. up. <laughs> That's yeah. mom. Though. You let. <laughs> so what? What happened before they circled up? They were they were getting into it, and y'all started cheering them on. So what, what, what exactly like that? Uh-huh, like, <laughs> uh huh. Back step, back step. Wow. But I tell you, with Steve, even to this day, I get worried when I'm around him because I don't know if he ever did this to you. Maybe it's just I don't know what it was. He would give. I mean, he would he'd do the the t- titty twisters, what you call it. Like oh, yeah. a freaking, he'd grab my nipple and just rip the hell out yeah. of it. I'm like, I don't know what he'd do. So anyway, I got him last. We we're at some function. So he owes you. Yeah, because I was real nervous. There was a party Friday night with some former guys mm-hmm. and whatever for this Hall of Honor thing. I was kind of on my guard all night long because I had gotten him last. I don't know where. I think it was the Top Golf. He had a charity event there yeah. about a month ago and got him really good. I mean, a lot of good flesh, twisted it pretty good. He was salty about it. Uh, didn't swing at me or anything, which is yeah, cool. Yeah, you just never know, man. But yeah, he re- he's going to remember it. I We oh, might be at course. someone's he funeral. We're both 80 it. years old and we're... You know, one of our teammates has fallen and gotten us all back together, and it's a somber moment. He's just going to reach He's over and grab you. the hell out of it. No, he will. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I think that's a good note to end on. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> great weekend, great win. Super proud of all the guys going in the hall. And uh, finally, 11-month stretch there. Yeah. This team has not won a football game at home. I felt the energy. Obviously, we sit and you know, can see Mr. Tepper there. He's excited, celebrating with his family. The fans had a ball. Just a great day. So a lot of lot of takeaways from this Sunday. Yeah, Rivera becomes the winningest head coach yes. at Panthers. And he was no emotional doubt. as well. He yeah. was. He was. That was huge for him. After the game, I almost started crying again in the, in the media room. I'm like, what is wrong with me today? I am yeah. such a girl. So well, and listen, when you're reflecting on I was the same way. I got oh. emotional seeing him at the press conference just right. because um, he was never my coach. But, you know, just being a fan of the team or working with the team, obviously you, same way and with mm. Al, it, like we've lived through it. There's been some tough seasons, yeah. and they've kept them around, and yeah. the players believed in them, and, and then success followed it. And 
Um, sometimes you got to give these guys some time to, to kind of work their way through some kinks early on in their career. And sure enough, I mean, he paid them back with a Super Bowl visit. And with this team right now, who would have believed after 0-2 and, and you lose your yeah. star quarterback – to win three in a row, two of those on the road, yeah. and now you get a chance for payback against the Bucks. Yes, what a great coaching job! <clears throat> yeah, and we mean, forget just, we forget that those you know these guys have families and wives and kids, and mm-hmm. they get to hear all the negative stuff all too, the and they have to live with it. So I think all of that just crashed down on him. And I I played for Ron briefly in mm-hmm. Philadelphia. He was on that Andy Reid staff back in 1999 when I was there uh, as a linebacker coach when they. Tried to convert me. That didn't work out. Back obviously. to receiver? <laughs> no, no, not, <laughs> to no. a linebacker. Not to, back to, to a linebacker, but That's on last he's week's just podcast. a great guy. I, and I, when I take away, you know, those wins and his time here, it just reminds me of his personality. Just calm, just steady. Uh, he's going to plug away at it, and he's going to, you know, feel good about the product that he's feeling. Uh, putting on the field and his team. So this team matches his personality and they are consistent and they're steady and they take all the punches they can to the gut and they just keep plugging away. So I was, yeah, I was touched too by seeing him get emotional. What's well, cool. You know what? This, this team is, is poised to, to try and get another win. Big win this say. week. And, Big and, chance. And don't week. you hope that now in the coming weeks, there's a player that can come back like yeah. a Dante Jackson or Trey Turner um, other guys that have been nicked up and have missed some time that, um, you know, you got the bye week coming up. It just, it feels really good. So hopefully they go to London and take care of business. Yeah. Take care of business. Uh, since we'll be in London, we, not me, the team will be in London. Uh, we're going to be off next week. We're yeah. going to take a little bye week break from the Carolina line, but of course we will be back for more talking about when again. Dang right, it's going to be a win. That's Dang right. right. We need to take. We're going to take this by to reassess. I think I'll listen to some of our podcasts again and see go. what I need to improve. We'll on scout too. each other, and I'm, I don't just come in here and turn. You know, just, we don't just come in here blind. No, you know? I, unprepared, just yeah. wing it. No, we got never. notes here. I got notes. Heavens things to cover. We only did half of this. Great notes. <laughs> we only got through half of it. It's because we might watch. show up and just wing it. But these guys are here. They're but we got to get better, and we want people to tell us how we can get better. Yes. So if they could uh, give us a comment or rate us. Yeah, and of course, go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever your podcasts are. Rate, review, subscribe, and give us some feedback. Yeah, we'll see you in a couple weeks. That's right. Awesome. Listen, great doing the show with you. Let's get this big win in London. We need it. Team profits and a win.